This is episode 28 of the Ball Blab podcast. Nate and I talk about recent Red Sox moves and our thoughts on the Trevor Story injury and more. Hello and welcome back to Ball Blab. I'm Nate here with Jason and hey, it's been a while, man. How you doing? Yeah, it's been a hot minute, but let's get right back to blabbing about baseball. Um anyway, um although it's been a while, not a ton has happened. I think in our last episode, you know, that I was in like we kind of cover the sort of peak of the offseason moves but two big things have happened with the Red Sox and you know admittedly it's kind of given me a roller coaster of emotions because you know one of these things that have happened with the Red Sox is pretty good other thing not so good but you know let's start off positive and let's start and start off with uh, talking about Rafael Devers signing an 11-year 331 million dollar extension which is at the very least a relief. It is a relief, Nate, and I'm glad ownership came in and said, hey, let's boost our offer $100 million because a few weeks prior to that, we've been seeing reports that they've been galaxies apart, and that's not a good sign if you're a fan of the Red Sox. And, you know, starting, you said, a roller coaster of emotions, I'm just like, I don't think a deal's going to be done because he expects to be a free agent. And then sort of the winter classic Fenway thing happened. And there are a lot of boos and pay raffies. And, you know, I I personally do not think that's why they increased their offer. Because I don't think that hap- that crap happens overnight. I think, you know, they had to have been talking. And and we just didn't know about it. Exactly. So maybe Oh, but I, but I did not know that, like, you know, during Red Sox winter weekend, there was a lot of that. But... It probably, I doubt it made any much of a difference, but yeah, like I had to, I was getting really pessimistic just seeing like, you know, how they, the moves, the moves, if you can call them that, that they had made so far and just this approach and it just, it really, it just really seemed like they didn't care in the slightest about the fans and I don't know why they did, but it just didn't seem like they cared and I thought that they were just gonna trade him I I thought they weren't gonna make a deal done and they were and they were gonna trade him and it was just gonna be Mookie bets all over again but you know they were able to get the deal done and it's truly his team it is and I, I uh you made a point before what was it I'm trying to remember it was they were oh yeah Mookie 2.0 um I kind of I agree with that to a certain extent because um, yeah you got rid of Mookie Betts so that this wouldn't happen it almost happened and you had the money and it's just showing that ownership's reluctant to do to pay the guys to pay homegrown talent and I said this in my last episode with uh, Doctor Jim you know it, we saw Heim Bloom saying in in the beginning of his tenure with their socks it's not over yet but. We saw him say at the beginning, it should be. I totally agree. I hate Heimblum. But he said, you know, we're going to go and invest in arbitration years for players. You know, why didn't they do that with Rafi Devers? Why didn't they give him an early contract? You know, you could have easily done that. They're not doing that. And they're still not doing that. You know, argument, oh, who would you pay arbitration years for? I don't know. You've only done it for how, uh, for Whitlock, excuse me. You could do it to a guy like Hauk. You know, if Bayo has a great season, 
this season, you're gonna you should absolutely do it to Bayo. If Casas has a great season, you should absolutely pay for arbitration years for him and maybe even longer. And you send another point where you know the ownership doesn't care about fan reactions. I'm gonna disagree with you there, Nate. I, I absolutely do think they care about fan reactions because think of Mookie Betts. They had Mookie Betts lined up and we were to get Alex Verdugo and Bruce Star Gratterall. And you saw the fan reaction was terrible. And that caused ownership to panic and get Connor Wong and Jeter Downs, which was absolutely atrocious. I'd rather Gratterall, but like, yes, he's a reliever, but he would have put you over the top in 2021 if you got him. He may be a World Series because we are that one or two good relief pitchers away from making the World Series that year. So don't get me started on that. And, you know, fan reactions is everything. Because they, they care about their reputation. Tom Warner and the Fenway Sports Group, they care about their reputation. If they don't have a good reputation, oh boy, Nate, I, I think they do care about the fans. Uh, I mean, yeah, you've brought some good points, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, it just kind of felt like that with their l- lousy approach. I think that they just, at least, I, I think they care. I think they care more about themselves than the fans and I feel like you know kind of like you know caring about fan reactions sort of is probably because they really only care about the reputation and like I don't know like the reason what I meant by they didn't care it's just like they didn't really care it just felt like they didn't really care about the team with just like hat with just the amount of things that Bloom was saying that just haven't been happening yet and yeah that, that that's just how I felt and yeah, and like also, I gotta say that the Devers contract, as nice it is, as it is, I don't think it saves this offseason. I think it's like to me, it's like a bare minimum thing, and I think it's something that you know they they true that truly couldn't have not happened. You know, uh, I agree. You know, when you look at the direction of this team, Nate, we don't know. Like, what is the direction, even with the Devers signing? I, I'm still I'm still confused. There you cannot no one can tell me anything about that, you know? If you if you look at our signings, Justin Turner, Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, all veteran guys, and you have Heimbloom saying, Oh, we're gonna focus on long term sustainability. That's not long term sustainability, Nate. Yeah, I mean, I think that this entire approach to um man to like to I think this entire approach to building a team that Heimbloom has is just rife with contradictions. I mean, like I think he's a guy that like you know is like the small market seeing the hidden talent that doesn't go for the big bucks. Yet in a way, he's so risky with his approach. Like so much of it is just hoping guys pan out. That's the case with this year. Just hope you gotta hope that Tristan Cassis pans out and is good. You gotta hope that Justin Turner is you know really solidifies that DH spot now. I mean, like they they don't really seem like you know focused on filling holes. So that that's why I think there's a bit of carelessness there. And yeah, like I mean, it's a really bad and risky approach. And if something goes wrong then we're screwed. And we are in that situation right now because let's switch to our bad thing, and that is Trevor Story is going to be out for at least yep. half the Before, season. Before, can, can, I, can I make one more comment, Nate? Yep. 
I think, you know, when you look at um, uh, ifs, and I was we were talking before this, you know, he, he said, Nate said, you know, we have to see if Justin Turner does well, if Kenley Jansen pitches well, if Chris Martin pitches too well, much turmoil, if Masataka Yoshida translates to a good major league talent, if if Tristan Casas does well, if Brian Bayo pitches well, if James Paxton can pitch 100 innings, if Chris Sale can pitch 100 innings, Nate, they're just ifs. All of it's ifs. And, like, you know, these are stretch ifs. These are things that, like, you know, and I don't think we feel confident in these ifs. I'm not even sure, like, ownership even feels confident in these ifs. No one feels confident in these ifs. Like, these are such stretches. It's like, it's like you know, having a 3.5 GPA and applying to a school that has a 20% acceptance rate. Like, see, I mean, like, it's just way too much of a stretch here. Um, yeah, but I want to talk about Masataka Yoshida, then we'll go to story. You know, I, I've been saying this to a bunch of people. You know, with Masataka Yoshida, great player in Japan. But Nate, we're not we're not we're not playing cards. We're rolling dice with Yoshida. Absolutely. We truly don't know what you're gonna Absolutely. get. And right. yeah. I mean, you got I I really think it comes down to hoping and praying with with a lot with just about all of these guys on the roster. Mm, yeah. I could definitely see I could I could see Yoshida hitting 338 with 10 uh 20 home runs by I don't know August. I can also see him hitting a buck 68 after April. In April and into early May. I mean, Doctor Jim said that last him. episode and I am absolutely with him there. Yeah, and I think there are too many guys like this and I and I just don't think we really fixed our depth issue cuz all right, I think we can now officially move on to story. Yes. Trevor Story is going to be out till June or July at least. I think and that's generous. Gener- yeah, I said at least. And um, the reason was the elbow. Like, I don't know, there's some type of it's wear and tear over time. I guess we had these concerns while there were concerns around about this before signing him, and now it's biting us. And now we don't know who's playing the middle infield. We absolutely not, Nate. And when you look at Trevor's story and his signing, what was ownership trying to do? Like, sure, yes, story's good, but they had to have known he was going to have this type of surgery in the future. And if we didn't, and you know, if we didn't, and it's a domino effect. If we didn't make that signing, we probably would have been able to keep Bogarts who, like, and keep to have a better chance of maybe extending Bogarts earlier and not having and not being in this awkward situation where the market's crazy and we can't re-sign him and don't have to, like, you know, worry about getting another shortstop or not having one or, you know, having one that's injury real. Like, you know, it just, in a way, Trevor Story kind of just caused, like, the Trevor Story signing caused a lot more instability. Uh, okay, yes. I'll, I'll say that, too. And the other thing I will say, you DFA'd Hoy Park, the shortstop you got via trade. Jeter Downs, and the shortstop we, via and trade. And Hoy Park, I don't think, has even played a game for us. No. The point being, you do not right now have a shortstop on the 40-man roster. Who? And Bloom came out and said, and Nate, this is going to piss you off. Duran is playing center field. He's going to start in when center. When did he say that? I forget when. Was but it recent? He's gonna, yeah, it was recently. What do you mean? Like within the last week, would you within, say? Right after Story went down. He's like, Kike's going to play short. Like, what, what is this? Like, what is this approach? This approach makes no sense. And Duran's even worse because he's 
literally shown that he shouldn't be in the major leagues. I mean, like, again, I think we just got to hope or think that he's in worked his butt off and improved, but I just don't think that's happening. Look, he is a quadruple-A player. He, he rakes the minors. Does he? Does he really play that well in the minors? Yeah. Like, mm, okay. He, he, like Franchi Cordero. Remember him? He'd rake in the minors. Watch him come back to the Red Sox. Didn't we DFA him? I wouldn't He's be... on the Orioles right now. Okay, all right. I don't want anything to do with him, if mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. But, hey, Baltimore got a good guy. Uh, and then and then back to my point, you got to get someone on the market, whether it be a Elvis Andrus or Jose Iglesias. I think Iglesias makes perfect sense. You know, you know what you're getting out of him. You know, he knows and you the can, system. And the same cannot be said about a lot of players here. You know, he, he knows the system. He can play shortstop. He's a good mentor. He he can speak I think Spanish. He can he's a he has good connections with people, and he's a solid shortstop. Yeah, I know he played in Colorado, but he had reverse splits. Okay. Oh, he he played better. He hit better on the road than at home. I I am pretty sure he did. Okay. All right. That that that's okay. Then I guess Jose Iglesias is our guy. Or and Elvis Andrews. Eh, I think Jose Iglesias. Yeah, Elvis Andrews kind of stinks. Doesn't he? I feel like he. I think he's way past his prime. Like that's another theme of this. Like so many of these guys are way past their prime. Like haven't been good in at least three years. Corey Kluber. We signed him to a one-year, ten million dollar deal. Yet that guy. I, I think 2018 was his last really good full season. Maybe 2019. I mean, Justin Turner, another perfect example, who's 38 years old. I mean, like, I mean, it makes no sense. Half these moves. I mean, okay. So, I mean, Kluber, yes. He's a good pickup. $10 million. Again? Yes. When's whoa, 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 the last okay, time okay, he's okay. had a good Nate, full Nate, season? If I could talk. You know, let's, let's, let's be real here. If he's replacing the innings pitched by Hill or uh, Winkowski, Crawford, Siebold, maybe Bayo, then that's a good sign. I guess, but those but, are low standards. But, and it, but, but no, no, no. If he's replacing those innings, I'm fine with it. That's a right. decent pickup. If he's replacing someone like Avaldi, no. That's Didn't not we, a good move. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know. I feel like with how this team's being run, he could be doing that. And even if he's replacing the inners, innings from Siebold and Winkowski, think about how low those standards are, especially like with guys like Siebold. Yeah, but... And, like, and it's just the principle of it all. That guy... I don't think has had a good full season in at least three years. Okay, but good. I mean, he was solid last season for Tampa Bay. He was solid. And the okay. guys, okay, let's be real here. Was Seabold a many, good pitcher? How many starts did he make for the Rays? I don't know. I think he, he might have made 30. Okay, all right, then. 30, 28 maybe? I don't if know. If that's I gotta, the I'll case, check. all right. But, like, I don't know. From what I know, I think I'll it's check. just another example of just another guy who hasn't but, had a good full season okay. in at least three years. okay. Do you like Connor Siebold pitching? No. Did you like what you saw out of him? Did you no. like what you saw of Lankowski? Not really. I, I, Cutter I, Crawford. I, I I couldn't stand what I saw out of out of Winkow- of out of just about everything from Winkowski and, and Siebold was terrible and like Cutter Crawford. I think he showed some flashes, but then fell off. I think. Oh, you and you want to know? He started the game where we lost fifteen to ten to the Orioles. He started that game. Right. My point. Okay, let's see. I'm, I'm on his baseball reference page. Let's see how many starts did he make. He made uh, 31 starts. 
Okay. How many? I'm curious. How many innings? If he pitched at least 150, or then. Yep. 164. Okay. All right. All right. Then. All right. Corey Kluber. All right. Move. It, all right. Like I, if he's replacing the innings pitched by Hill, Wa, not Waka. Um, Hill, Winkowski, Siebold, Crawford. Yeah. What's the Bale? deal with Waka anyway? Like nothing. I like mean, he's, he's a free agent, and yep. we have. Right. I don't know if I want him. I, the the thing we need, we don't. We need a front end pitcher because who could we like? Who could be that front? It has end to pitcher? be on the trade market. I guess I heard. I heard you know Edward Cabrera or yeah, yeah. Uh, Pablo Lopez. And like, I've had this conversation with my dad. I don't think Garrett Whitlock should be our front end pitcher. I think that he should be in the bullpen. I think he prefers the bullpen and is more comfortable there and is a better pitcher all around in the bullpen. I feel like if we're trying to get the most out of our guys, Garrett Whitlock should be a reliever and not a and not a starter. But I mean I mean I, I mean I think I think a couple months ago I thought he should have been in the rotation, but no, I have I've changed my mind. I was on listening that. to Fogger and Maz and it's like it's 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 easier for a guy to go from the starting rotation to the bullpen instead of the bullpen to the starting rotation. You know, that adjustment is gonna be hard at first if you go from relief in relief pitching to starting pitching okay and that's how he probably got hurt if he trains as a starter i think he can be better you know think of Hulk. you know Hulk was a starter on opening day mm-hmm. he went to the bullpen it was decent he was pretty good and he still got hurt though he got hurt but it wasn't because he was a star i mean okay it, if you... it was clear that whitlock got hurt because okay he was getting he was he was not used to being a starter. All if right. he trains at being a starter, give him a chance. All right, if, but there's okay. ifs. But I, to Again, your credit, there the are ifs. ifs. The there ifs. Are the, ifs. The, and, and you know, I feel like we know, and I feel like we have a damn good idea of what we're getting out of Whitlock as a as a reliever, and that is one of the best relievers in all of baseball. I mean, he's dominant, really quite good, and someone who puts up zeros after zeros. I mean, I'm, I'm just getting kind of sick of this whole experimental right. approach right. here. And look. You go to opening day with another front-end starter like Pablo Lopez. Here's your rotation. Pablo Lopez, Chris Sale, possibly uh, Garrett Whitlock, Corey Kluber, and at five, maybe Paxton or Pavetta. I I personally think Paxton, they should should, uh, tell him to come in as a starter uh, just in case. Who? Paxton? Paxton. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe put him in the bullpen because we still have yeah. question marks. But the bullpen ultimately is much better this year, Nate. You know, when you look at, yes, Kenley Jansen, good pitcher. One question mark is, is he going to adapt to that freaking pitch clock? Even he has ifs. Yeah. He's the ninth inning guy as of right now. And then, you know, set up guys, you know, Schreiber or Chris Martin. Okay. And then. But All right. Do you think that we have four guys that we can at the very least trust in that bullpen because I don't want it to be that we have three good relievers and everything falls below like falls to the underground if I'm like you know honest, after the third after we the have third to reliever. see as of right now is that what you're asking as of right now yes N- no we don't we we have we don't have more than three guys we can trust I don't know if we have more than two because let's let let's be real do you know a single guy in that bullpen where you know for a fact what you're going to get out of from him? I, I'm, I think it's probably just Schreiber, if that. like, I don't think that's a guarantee either because I think he had a career year and his value. I don't know if he's going to have nearly the same season as I he mean, did like, you know what? It doesn't need. It, it's not like. 
if I know what I'm going to get out of a guy, it's not like he needs to be absolutely insanely dominant striking out the side, but just like, you know, a guy who just isn't awful. A guy who doesn't, who just doesn't just come out there and just blow, and just blow up. Like, you know, a guy like Brazier, who it's just, it's no surprise at all where when we have a one-run lead, we're all of a sudden down by two, and he only has one out okay. in the inning. let me say this about Brazier, and this might blow your mind. Yeah. You know who led the team in appearances out of the bullpen? Him? Ryan Brazier. He was getting overused, okay? He was, he was the go-to guy. Okay, he was a go-to guy. He should guy. not have been the go-to guy because he was so bad. Exactly. My point is... If Ryan Brazier is the guy you can, you know, use in the back end, because he's been good in the past. He was decent in the second half of 2021 like and good in 2018. spurts of, like, being good for a month, Because though. he's been overused, Nate. Okay? But if, he, if he's the guy in the back end of your bullpen, the eighth or ninth man in the bullpen, and you use him maybe, occasionally. Maybe, what would you say, like, maybe, like, 30 to 40 times in a season instead of, like. Yes. Okay. I think he can, he has the chance to be really good. Or not really good. I think he has a chance Just to be, be a decent back reliable, end guy. Reliable. A decent Just, back end guy. Do you agree with me or no? You can disagree. I, I mean, I don't know because it's just, like. I don't when know. He, I I, 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 I think, because I just feel like he he was bad. I feel like he was bad all season. I really do. And I, I feel like, I think he was bad in the beginning. I think he was bad in the middle. I think he was just bad all around. And so I just don't really see the upside. I feel like he's, I feel like he was good for a month in 2018 and good for, and like didn't really pitch much. He was good for a month of, in 2018. He was bad in 2019, too. I don't know how overused he was then. Right. And um, I think probably, I don't know what he did in 2020, don't care, and was good for, like, I don't know, like a couple of weeks in 2021. So, I, I mean, I, I, I think no, because it's just, like, I, I, I think, I really don't think he can put, like, just put even a, a I don't think he can have, a season where he makes 40 appearances and is good. Yeah, but but if you lower the appearances and take him out of, that much, though. if you lower the appearances, period, and put put him in less high leverage situations, you know, is he he could be decent? Okay, I guess. But uh, uh, how much do you need the lower appearances to? I think 30 to 40 is probably the lowest you can get if you want lower like, appearances in high leverage situations. I guess. But just like it kind of just goes, it kind of goes to show, like you know, that our expectations really shouldn't be high for this guy. Um. Anyway, yeah, but like, like I think just my thoughts on this team is at this point I have no expectations. I don't. I I mean I I I think we're gonna be a last place team, and I think I'm just gonna accept it at this point. I think I'm gonna see like some of these some of this younger talent we have, but like. I'm not taking this team or this season seriously because I, I really don't think we're much – I don't think this team's going to be good. I don't. So I'm just going to – I'm just going to watch – I'm just going to, you know, become like a Pittsburgh Pirates or Miami Mar- Marlins fan and just like, you know, watch and see what the team can do. And it probably isn't much. That's my thoughts at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I go into the season, Nate. Just have – just have a little bit of hope, Nate. Okay? 
I'm not I'm not saying there's just a little bit if everything goes right. But mm. if everything goes right. This offseason's still not done, Nate. Okay? Let's let's be real here. There's still uh five, six weeks until pitchers and catchers report. So there's still time for moves to be made. If we get a I'll I'll tell you a decent path to victory where I'm actually excited about this team a little bit more than I am right now. You know, you get you sign a Jose Iglesias to play shortstop. Mm-hmm. that's decent you move Kike back to center field maybe sign an Adam Duvall question marks on him too you know is Corey Dickerson a free agent be- no, I don't know I, I don't know I no he seen- signed with the team I thought he was listed as one because he could be a guy to add to the outfield I mean like obviously I don't know if his defense is that great but I know the guy can hit I definitely know that guy can hit so like I wouldn't mind adding him to the to the outfield but yeah go on like try and try and convince me here um, I'm trying to figure out what team he's on. I think Washington Nationals. Yeah, that's what ESPN oh, said. Oh, he signed with Washington. Oh, I thought he was like a. I thought he was on the Nationals and became a free agent after. Anyway, but anyway, go on. You know, if we get Jose Iglesias, maybe an Adam Duvall, but I think because we have about 20 million before we hit the luxury tax. You know, maybe get a Jose Iglesias, and Jose Iglesias, the perfect player. He's he a bridge to Marcelo Meyer. Okay? okay, great guy to have in the clubhouse. Okay, all right. You you trade some your good farm system, some good prospects, except for like you know Bayo Meyer Casas for Jose Iglesias. No, 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 no. no for four. Pablo Lopez or Edward Cabrera. Who's Pablo Lopez on Miami? The Marlins. Oh yeah, that guy's good. That guy can pitch. All right. I mean, the thing, I, I'd rather Pablo Lopez, mm. he's he's proven. Edward Cabrera, the jury's kind of still out on him, too. Mm. But if you get him, you have a frontline starter. You have, you know, too many guys almost in the rotation who can be considered. But that that's always a good problem yeah, to have. I think it's a better problem to have compared to the under, other end of the spectrum, which yeah. we are clearly on way too much right now. You maybe get a, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Matt Moore or Andrew Chafin. To get a solid left-hander in the pen, I know, I know for a fact that you can't trust Josh Taylor to come back and pitch as well as he okay. was. Wouldn't be surprised if they are though. <laughs> but yeah, and I think you have a much better team. Yep, but here's the thing: all of that needs to happen, and like the and all of that needs to happen, and I th- I don't think we can afford more than one injury out of those guys, and just. I mean, with how they've been approaching the season so far, I, I I don't know if I don't know if much of that is going to happen. And I think I'm just going to be the classic, have the classic Boston sports fan attitude of not getting my hopes up and getting disappointed. That's just how I feel. Go into the season optimistic, Nate. Okay, if things start to you know, if the ship starts to sink, then you can be mad. Okay, there's no reason. There there is a reason. Actually, there's a lot of reasons that you can be mad. But Nate, you know, if you're going to be a pessimist, you're going to go nowhere in life. You're going to go nowhere. Okay? Just saying the Red Sox suck. They do. Just have optimism that the team will do well. Okay? Just have some optimism. All right. I'll get it. All right. I'll get it. I'll get a sliver. Give it a sliver of optimism. Don't watch these guys with no expectations right now. Okay? There's a lot of ifs, but but some promise. But some, you know? Okay? All right. This episode's getting really long. But... Kind of personal, too, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. 
Um, anything else, Nate? Do you, if you were G, if the Heim, if you were Heimblum, what moves would you make? Uh, I mean, I think get a shortstop. So I, I, I feel like you hit. I feel like I agree with everything you said. If they can do all that, they can have a good team, and I think those are the moves that they should make. So yeah, I mean, definitely Iglesias because you know we need a shortstop now. Like where, like our middle infield is a mess, but. Yeah, just fill the holes. Just fill just fill the holes, please, because it doesn't seem like they are doing that right now. And I don't know, maybe maybe this team can be decent. But I think and also I think this has got this has gotta be Heimblum's last chance. I think he's gotta at least be on the hot seat, and I think that if this team stinks this year, he's gotta go. I think like I think a big reason why ownership is hanging on to him for as long as they have, because keep in mind they fired Dombrowski after after four years, which was oh, thank, which silly. frankly was far more a far more successful tenure that Heim Bloom had. Oh, I mean they, fi- they fired him because like they were a mediocre team in 2019. So I really think that at this point ownerships a a big reason why ownerships still hang on to him is because they don't really want to admit that hiring Heim Bloom was a mistake. But right. I feel like the more you deny something like this the worse it gets. This is this is 2023 2023 has to be Heim Bloom's last chance. If they are if they're bad this year for pretty much the same reasons that they are in 2022, he's got to go. Yes, you know. He's a bad general manager and has a bad and just has a bad approach. Yes, okay. I'll tell you something. Heim Bloom doesn't really evaluate talent as well as Dombrowski. Dombrowski is some of the best talent evaluators out there. Let's see. You know, 2016, Chris Sale is the best, arguably the best pitcher. Him and Kluber are the best pitchers in the American League. In the American League. You go out and trade him for Yuan Moncada, who sucked in 2016. Mm. And I mean, was bad for the Red Sox. He came up, and I think Eckersley said... He struck out, like, I think over half the time or something. I I think Eckersley said he's a dud. Wow, I love that. He, like, I'm gonna struck miss him out so way much. too much, right? So he he did suck, and your dad says the two guys that D- Dabrowski would never touch: Andrew Benintendi and Raphael Devers. So it's it was easy to move on from Moncada, mm-hmm. and then Michael Kopech, the highly looked at pitching prospect. Yes, he's good, but you know injury riddled. He's, he's injury really, riddled. Jury's real. still out on him. Yep. That's a great. That's a perfect example of Dombrowski. At that being, time, at that time, getting Chris Sale was insane. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, and it worked out, and that was a win. It worked out for the first year. I mean, he was he was damn good. Craig Kimbrell in 2016. The only guy of meaning you gave up was Manuel Margot. Okay, and even he's he's okay, but yeah. getting Kimbrell? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's yeah. I mean. That's a very good point for you- Dombrowski bringing up talent. I mean, Dombrowski is le- a league's better GM than Heim Bloom. Yet they, f- yet you know, ownership fired him in with even though he was more successful and in less years. And you know, Dombrowski. The thing with Dombrowski, he other even though he he's a good talent evaluator, he also, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He also knows what what to spend and what guys to give up. Um, can you name a single player that Dombrowski has traded 
other than the guys I mentioned and was and turned out to be a ni- nice major league. That Dombrowski has traded and like played well on the team that they traded. There's only team. one guy I can think of. I mean, who is it? Santiago Espinal, the Toronto Blue Jays. We traded him and it's not for like Steve that good. Pierce. Are you freaking kidding me? Steve Pierce won no, us no, the no, World no, Series. No, I'm talking about Santiago Espinal. Yeah, yeah. Er, he's Santiago listen. Espinal yeah. hasn't been that good, and Steve Pierce, you know, was World Series MVP. Steve I think. Pierce helped us win the World Series. And then, wow. Steve Pierce just yeah. was insane. Yeah, that is a very good point. Dombrowski's a great talent evaluator. So, yeah, I think I think we've gotten all our thoughts out there. Um, basically, at this moment with the Red Sox, I have very little hope, but I'll have a tiny sliver. Good, good man, A Nate. tiny sliver. Maybe, you're right. They, they got to, I think... They got to care at least somewhat about fan reactions. I mean, it affects their reputation. And I'll, I have a small sliver of hope that they can make the right moves and this team could, you know, uh-huh. at least be uh-huh. fun to watch and, you know, maybe be competitive. But it's not much. Right, right now, it's not much. And, uh, oh, another trade. Nathan, we got Nathan Avaldi. We gave up Jalen Beeks. Jalen Beeks kind of blows for Tampa Bay. Yeah, it was okay, but Nanavaldi is insane. Yeah, he 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 was definitely a big help. But I I think I think we've gotten all our thoughts across. Um, Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's a wrap. Um, <laughs> go socks. Go socks. <laughs> Peace.